hello, hello. Welcome to Sustainable 207. Welcome yourself to Sustainable 207, my magnificent chum. How the devil are you and how are your ilk? <laughs> my ilk are out of control and all over the place and knackering up the planet, but I'm fine, thank you. Yes, how are you? No use crying over spilled ilk. I am good. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. Well, we are Sustainable. We are your friendly little weekly environment podcast all about people and the planet. And why, despite everyone going around having kids and procreating and filling the planet up even more, we don't have to not have a chuckle about things every now and then. Yes? Exactly, Dave. And that is what we're going to be talking about this week. How to do the parenting thing in a less planet nauseing way. And we're doing that because there is a new book coming out all about this very thing by the wonderful Jen Gale, who, as well as being the author of this new book called The Sustainable-ish Guide to Green Parenting, which is out on the 18th of March. Um, what day is it? That's out like soon, Thursday. isn't it? Very yeah. soon. Yeah, Winter very soon. Go, yeah. And, go and get it now. Uh, but she's also the host of a podcast. Other podcasts are available, apparently. Uh, and it's a very good podcast called Sustainable-ish. So this is our chat with Jen, all about, well, you know, what does it mean to be a kind of green parent? Should we be any greener as parents than we are as, like, non-parents? But also, like, I mean, we get into this a bit, but the book, and I do recommend it, I've read almost all of it, unusually, given my prep style for most interviews, I have actually read this book. And if you are on the cusp of becoming a parent, or if you are thinking about it, or even if you are one already, it is genuinely packed full of incredibly well-researched, useful tips on how to do all the parenting stuff in the least kind of planet-trashing-y way possible. Crucially, it is also run through like a stick of rock with the kind of don't beat yourself up mantra and don't try and pretend that there is a perfect holier than now way of doing it there isn't everyone's got blind spots there are things that you can't just change so it's it's a it's a really nice mix of like practical stuff and realistic stuff now look we know that the obvious thing to say ha 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 is oh well eco-parenting isn't that an oxymoron now we have done episodes of sustainable before like episode 139 for example birth strike when we looked at whether like having kids is even you know acceptable tolerable whether some people don't have kids for environmental reasons this isn't that right this chat proceeds from the basis that uh, you've got a kid and you want to bring it up as green as you can don't at us because we've done that chat to go and listen to that chat or episode 65 babies listen to that just the usual disclaimer if you want to cry and wail about anything that me or dave or jen says then don't take it up with the people for whom we work those nice environment charities that give us our employment take it up directly with us all right because you know it's not their fault it's our fault and we are a listener-supported podcast. Thank you to our uh, army of Patreon supporters, some of whom got to see that we were talking to Jen and chucked in some questions in advance. Thank you very much. We'll get to those. Um, you can join them. You can chuck in a bit of cash to help support the running costs of your babble at wobblywobblywobbly.patreon.com slash sustainababble. Every tiny bit of help you could give would be massively appreciated. Yes? Yes. Good? Yes. Good. Yes. Yes. I have a question for you, Perry, you actually. So being a parent, a mummy or a daddy, that sounds like, and I can only really base this on the state of all, 
really, really hard work. Like, really, really hard work. Just look at Hull. Look at him. You can see him. Just look at that. Right? It's a miracle. I've had my glasses fixed and everything. I'm an up-together, competent human being these days. That's true, yeah. We're only starting to record an hour later than we started while you were messing about with various things. Is it realistic to expect parents to care about saving the planet? So you've got a book all about eco-parenting. But my first thought was, oh, give the poor sods a break. Have people really got time to think about that? I'm interested to hear what you think. I think it's this bit of a sort of double-edged sword when you have kids in that you suddenly have no time, no energy, no headspace, no sleep, no money, um, and this precious bundle that you don't really know what to do with in front of you. And you suddenly become much more aware of the future and the idea that this child is going to be living in this world, you know, hopefully in 50, 60 years time. And you're suddenly like, oh, crap, like things maybe aren't quite so good as they should be, are they? Um, At the same time, as I said, you've got all this, you know, no time, no headspace, and this influx of plastic and stuff coming into your house. So um, I think we probably sort of rapidly become more aware of our impact at exactly the same time when we've got no time, energy, headspace to do anything about it. So I I think most people are, are probably you know, rabbits in the headlight for the first at least couple of years. And then my um, sort of experience is that then you kind of slowly start to find time to breathe and to look up and to go, oh, oh, yeah, no, actually, maybe I can do X, Y or Z. Um, I don't know how you found it all. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm very similar. I, I guess because I've been banging on about the environment for a while before I had kids, I didn't it, for me, it wasn't the kind of the moment where I started sort of thinking more longer term and everything. And um, but I was definitely I was surprised at how powerless I was to resist, or how powerless I felt to resist the kind of influx of crap in both literal and yes. metaphorical <laughs> sense. More metaphorical, really. No, there's just as with all of these things, and and you hear the same from people who've got married that mm. like you you get bundled towards this industry that says, "Come here, buy everything," and if you don't buy everything, you're a bad husband or wife, or you're a bad parent. And that was the thing that felt a bit like, "Oh, whoa, this is this is overwhelming." And at the same time. And as I think your book sets out very clearly and very powerfully, like I just didn't really have the headspace to resist a lot of it. Certainly in, at the beginning, it's like, I'm just trying to keep this human alive. Yes. <laughs> I can't also, you know, sort of take on the entire kind of nappy industry. So uh, it's a big old mess of emotions as the whole thing, isn't it? That that early, early period. We're going to need some kind of cleaning fluid to get it off. How about after shave? Oh, come on, Michael. Just get me one of the diapers. Yeah. And I think, you know, the very last thing I want to do, and I'm at pains to point it out in the book, and I hope it really comes across, is to make anyone feel guilty. Do you know, like, it it is such a difficult time, especially in those early years. The last thing you need is some idiot like me coming along and going, oh, do you really think you ought to be using those nappies? Do you know? Um, (laughs) I'm just trying to play through the scenario thinking about people I've known. Like if I'd done that to, I don't know, my my brother or something, Mm. he was knee deep in unusual feces. He'd have thrown that nappy at you. Oh, it wouldn't have come well, would it? Um, so no, I'm, you know, yes and no, you know, I am aware that I think, well, I think awareness of the climate crisis is as high as it's ever been, even with COVID and things. Um, and 
but a lot of people that that awareness is there and that anxiety is there and then they're like well but that powerlessness that hopelessness that helplessness is there as well and what actually what difference can I make when I've got the school run to do and I remember I mean you guys have interviewed haven't you George Monbiot or somebody saying you know uh actually we don't need to ban plastic straws we need to overthrow capitalism and I'm like that's awesome but I, I I don't know how to overthrow capitalism and I've got to get back for the school run but I do know how to swap my straws out like give me a break what can I do would you mind if I overthrew capitalism after the kids yeah are in bed? seven o'clock uh. afterwards I'm probably all right but you know so is is kind of one of the things that you can do to be a green parent kind of the same as you can do to be a green person green in general like you know buy less shit you don't need make what you've got already last as long as possible and you know try not to throw stuff away is it is it kind of the same even though it's obviously a massively different period of your life i would say it's exactly the same but like somebody asked me this, they well, said, well, "This book is a yeah, fraud." Exactly. Then. They said, "You know, how different is it from the first book you wrote?" And what's and the like? There's no magic secret sauce. As much as we like to keep looking for it, is there? Like, ultimately, you know, sustainability it probably is a bit dull, isn't it? Like you say, buy less shit you don't need, keep things that you you know you might want to upgrade uh, for longer, and uh, waste less, and all those sorts of things. So, um, I haven't got any magic secret solutions I'm afraid and there is no new groundbreaking science or anything but it's like tailoring that to you know these are the things that you can maybe not buy as much of when they're babies or when they're toddlers or when they're and these are ways that you can do that without feeling like you're deprived or it's extra hard work there's a lot of different options around now for kind of renting stuff like um, for baby clothes and for toys and for bikes and for buggies and um, that maybe aren't that that we wouldn't think about because as you say we've got the whole of capitalism and market baby going you need these things and you need to buy them and you need to buy them new otherwise your you know your child is going to social services are going to be called um <laughs> but yeah so so it is the same stuff but um packaged. new things is a massive thing isn't it like there's definitely this sense i would feel really weird and i can't put my finger on why buying a second hand gift for a child yeah but would you feel I mean, all right buying a second-hand gift for a grown-up? Some grown-ups, yeah. potentially. Oh, <laughs> gift. <Yeah>. No. <laughs> Steady. <laughs> I give him the gift of my presence and love, and that'll do. You'd, and what a gift. And what, what a, a gift, gift it is. But, but there is something... humanity, really. It's not just my own. I feel like that is something the universe benefits from. But shut up and listen, Noel, because I do think there's something about this idea of, like... Baby must have fresh thing, mm-hmm. otherwise baby is going to get botulism, right? Mm-hmm. So is that a particular parent pressure? Newness? I think, and especially with the first baby, I found, um, because they're, you know, they're this new precious thing and you want all the shiny new things for them and that's, and people buy you shiny new things for them and it's convenient, isn't it? Like, Exactly. As I said, you know, you're, you're suddenly like no time, no headspace, no. And all these people trying to sell you all these things. God, it's the easiest thing in the world to go. Oh, God, yeah, no, I'll have that because that might actually make them bloody well sleep. Or, you know, that might actually make those 2 a.m. night feeds slightly less horrific. Um, of co- you know, if you've got uh, the income sort of throwing money at things is the, is the way that we're 
taught as a society to solve problems, isn't it? Or when we start a new job, we go and buy a new outfit. When we get a new, when we start a new hobby, we buy uh, the new things for it. We've got a new baby, we got to buy all the things for it. Whereas um, second time round, you can just use what your brother had. That's much. <laughs> that's fine. I too know the pain of hand-me-down underwear. The other thing that uh, that strikes me about the newness thing is how like weird it gets when grandparents or you know other relatives kind of get involved because and you touched on this in your book and actually like it is it is very unusual that grandparents are happy to buy a mm. slightly used kind of worn maybe not exciting thing like particularly the firstborn you see you see competitions i've got friends who like you know man and woman uh, and their respective parents have like gone to war over who's buying the buggy and yeah. like you know they're throwing eye-watering sums of money at it and it's it's not just the kind of industry and the marketing there's, there's something weird that goes on in terms of like that sort of I suppose rekindling that nurturing instinct of like I must be the one to provide very very strange I think um and I'm and I'm really aware when I say this, you know, that there'll be some people, um, some older people listening, going, "Well, I don't do that." But I, you know, from everything I hear from the people I speak to, and um, you know, I've got this knackered mum's eco club, and from people in there, you know, around Christmas, the stress that comes is from how do we have these conversations with with grandparents, with aunts and uncles, you know, because it's it's. I think the difference, actually, that what's the difference about sustainability and sustainability with kids? Dave sat there on his own trying to be as sustainable as possible. He's only got Dave to worry about, haven't you? So, you know, you, you're in control of the clothes you buy, the food you eat. All and I are trying to drag three other people along with us in our immediate homes. And then when it comes to Christmas, you, you're suddenly trying to communicate this idea that maybe you trying to make do with a little bit less or you're trying to produce less waste with people you might not have spoken to for six months with people who haven't been with you on that journey and who are going well hold on a minute last year you were really happy for us to buy loads of plastic shit and now you're saying you don't want it like wait a minute and you know this is how I show my love and this is how I how else will they know that I love them and I'm thinking about them it's really emotional and hard and I don't have any answers I'm afraid <laughs> that, that's hard enough in general isn't it we've talked it in, in one of our many Christmas sustainables we talk about like how it's really hard to have the conversation with people. I think mm. we talked about this in our second sustainable blog. It's really hard to have the conversation with people about, like, I would quite like it if you didn't buy me shit yeah. I really want this year. It's quite hard to do that. So, yeah, I mean, sympathies. You know, this is why I have not bought Baby Oll or Baby Oll 2 anything. Um, because That's not what true. You bought, you bought Baby Oll 1, a sustainable uh, baby grow. Oh, oh sustain a baby. That was a good marketing idea. We should yeah. do that. <laughs> Quick, write it down. Do it again. <laughs> Write to us if you'd like a sustain a baby baby grow, and we'll uh, we'll make yeah. it for you. We'll get that Arthur I mean, Stone. You haven't, you haven't bought me anything. More importantly, you haven't bought either of the two babies owls anything in the four years since then. Um, which but, is fine. Which is fine. But it's completely it. fine. Yeah. You see, but this is so no. now you're like Dave doesn't give a shit about my kids. Whereas I'm sure Dave, well, no, he probably doesn't. But. No, he doesn't. <laughs> He's, like a lot, you know, he, he sort of he sort of does on a kind of. Yeah, in the same way I care about France. Like, I care about France. <laughs> like, in You're general. glad that it's there. Yeah. And, and not here. <laughs> not here. <laughs> Listen very carefully. I shall say this only when. Well. 
Now look, uh, I've read Jen's book and it's brilliant. And uh, things that I like about it are in particular the ish bit of sustainable-ish. Um, you make a big point of saying that like this is not about you know pure kind of 100% plastic free or 100% mm. anything it's like because no one can do that no one can do that and and that's the same for parents and the same for people who aren't parents and I really really like the way that you uh, you kind of run that theme throughout the book um, but there's a lot of detail in your book and I want to know whether you can remember it all no. um, because and we've done <laughs> this just, before let's not do the quiz and I'll just tell you I can't remember it all That'd be easy. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll be surprised. I think you'll be surprised. We've done this before. This is not an original concept, but uh, we couldn't resist. Um, so go back and listen to whatever episode it was where we had Georgina Wilson. 199. Yeah, so, do you genuinely uh, remember that or do you have a list? Because it freaks me out every time you do it when I listen. I'm sorry. I, I'm a bit strange. I do. I can't remember what I did an hour ago, but I can remember episodes. Can we do the quiz now? Right. We're going to do the quiz now. So this is what is in my book quiz. Now, there will be points awarded. A point awarded to either of you uh, who gets the answer right and points deducted for either of you who get the answer wrong. Um, are you ready for what's in my book quiz Jen. Yeah, I am. But I just want to point out that before we started recording, Dave went, if I get any questions right, that'll be amazing. And I'll be so awesome. But if you get any questions wrong, you'd be such a twat. It's basically what yeah. he said. He didn't Massive phrase it like loser. that. But, I did so, actually phrase yeah, it like that. I'm ready for that. And I still think okay. it. Okay, good. Well, excuses got in nice yes, and exactly. Well done. <laughs> Uh, let's crack on. Question one, describing the criticism that sometimes gets levelled uh, at the idea of taking personal action at all to confront climate change. Jen said people compare it to wafting at a house fire with a what? Is it fastest? Am I like fingers on buzzers? Uh, yes. OK, well, Jen, you have to buzz in with uh, the phrase sustainable-ish. OK. And Dave, you have to buzz in with the phrase Inhoff. Oh, all right. Inhoff. Okay. Good. Sustainable. Inhoff. <laughs> no, Jen was in first. Uh. Tea towel. I was going to say tea towel. I was going to say Don't genuinely going to say tea towel. Oh. I'm afraid there's, there's no way of independently verifying that, Dave. So um, Jen gets a point. Yes. Wafting a housewife with a tea towel. I thought it was good that you, you kind of confronted this straight on in the book because. Obviously, it isn't a book about taking down the government. It isn't a book about uh, how to get companies to do the right thing. But, you know, it is a book about what we can all do. And, um, well, I don't think you believe that it's like wafting at a house fire with a tea towel, do you? No, not at all. And and it makes me really cross when people say that because it's it's so disempowering. And also, it's a nice, lovely excuse, isn't it, for us to go, oh, do you know what? It's all bad. But actually, we need the government to, we need Boris to sort it out, well, you know. And, and there's... But that, there's a lot we can do whilst we're waiting for, you know, if Boris is going to put his finger out and sort things out and for businesses to grow a conscience and things. We don't have to just sit there and feel helpless and crap and um, or just ignore it. We can. Um, this might be one of your quiz questions, Dave. And um, also, sorry if it is, but like um, one of the stats I came across was 60 percent of greenhouse gas emissions are a result of household consumption. I was just tearing through his questions like <laughs> No, um, I'm very glad because uh, I nearly put that one in. Oh, and brilliant. There you so go. I'm very glad. Um, so 60% of house, uh, greenhouse gas emissions are a result of household consumption. Like, wow, 50% of food waste occurs in the home. Amazing. Like, we can do something about all of this. Um, and actually, um, this is a completely sexist stat and a quite a depressing stat, but apparently 70 to 80% of consumer purchasing decisions are made by women. So, um, you know, whilst we're muttering to ourselves and cleaning the loo or deciding what to 
make for tea again do you know there is some power in that that we can take and that we really we really can make a difference do you think you could stop saying the phrase boris pulling his finger out (laughs) that's horrible Oh, you yeah. always make things like no one was thinking that's disgusting. I bet they you were. Said, I bet they don't, were. <laughs> please don't say nothing. If I was, uh, <laughs> if I was thinking that, everyone's thinking it every Monday. <laughs> no, trust me, <laughs> most people don't have the same mind as you, Dave. And thank the Lord. Stop being so rude. Oh, I'm so sorry. Moving swiftly on. Uh, number two, question two. I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do this, so you're just both going to have to bellow this out if you've got any ideas. What are the six stages, and for a bonus point, in what order, captured in what Jen refers to as the hierarchy of needs? And oh, I'll give you a clue, Dave. This is, this is like playing on the kind of Maslow's hierarchy of needs idea i don't okay. understand the question of mine answering i, I absolutely uh, you t- you take this one, <laughs> adore the hierarchy of needs i don't know if you guys have come across um sarah she's canadian and i will say her name wrong i think it's lazarevich or lazarevich but she's amazing and she's done this beautiful hierarchy of needs based on maslow's hierarchy of needs and the idea is you start at the bottom and you work your way up um you start at the bottom with i think use what you have um and then Uh, I won't get them in the right order there's use what you have there's um, borrow uh, thrift um, buy is at the very top this is awful because I I, I, it's one of my like I always say if I was going to have a tattoo this would be it and I can't now remember yep Uh, one to go was there use what you have in between in between thrift and buy uh, make yes come on Ding, ding. You're not allowed <laughs> to like give, you're not allowed to give point. Jen points for almost but not quite remembering what's in her book when you prompt her. <laughs> it's not allowed. And the sad thing is that's been in both books. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of, that thing? Uh, it feels like a shoppy version of the waste hierarchy. Mm, Play the sexy the waste, waste hierarchy, hierarchy well. music. Go back and listen to episode 140 for more on the waste hierarchy when we talked about Julian Kirby. But yeah, the idea that... Uh, and we talked about this actually two episodes ago when we were banging on about Coca-Cola and like, um, is it better... Do you want to go into this again, Oll? Is it better to use glass <laughs> bottles or plastic bottles no, or cans? No, I'd rather not. I think cans pretty good. <laughs> we do it, yes. Yes, apparently cans are a thing. Um, we appear to have slightly poked a hornet's nest here and... <laughs> I'd like to cover the hornets in tar and go away. You like hornets, surely? Not these ones. <laughs> We're going to start the round with two beautiful green balls. I love these balls. I think this is where you're going to start to kind of have more of a chance here, Dave, because it was about this Ooh. point in the prep when I remembered that you were going to be answering questions as well. Um, so, number three. In the chapter that's all about before you have a baby, uh, Jen lists a bunch of things that people commonly acquire and chucks them into three different categories. Those categories being, number one, what you really need. Number two, what you don't absolutely need but might find useful. And number three what you don't need so need it might need might find useful don't need so which category do each of the following Ooh. fall into right good. okay a right. a yummy mummy changing bag don't need enough. it enough 
Oh. I think Inhop. You said Inhop. Yeah, and Jen, no, you didn't say your team name. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm afraid, Dave. Uh, I'm going to say I uh, don't need it. Correct. Yeah. Very good. This is one of the things that I got disproportionately cross about when like, my friends, friends started having kids and like, we had kids. But people who I have seen with like dozens of different bags because they like bags. And that's fine. But they've got they've got bags for everything. And then they had a kid and got a new bag for putting baby stuff in. And I, it just seemed like the most normal thing in the world to go and get like a, a different backpack for your baby stuff. And I was like, come on. So I'm very glad to see that that was in the don't need category because that made me cross. Uh, should we move on? <laughs> Before I just get all, I'm going to come over all sort of Jeremy Clarkson in a bit. Uh, don't B, do next that one. either. Uh, no, I won't. Thank you. Uh, oh. A bouncy chair thing. Oh, uh, enough. I'm not. Yes, Dave. I'm too busy. I'm going to put. About... That, I forgot what the middle category is called, but I think it's in the category of might be nice but not essential. Very good, Dave. Dave's yeah. going to nail this. Do you think? Have you got yeah. a secret Points. child somewhere? <laughs> beyond the realms of possibility, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> um, uh, Jen, what is a bouncy chair thing? Uh, you must have had one, all. Um... The, it kind of this is this isn't going to work on the podcast has like a, a sort of v-shaped metal thing so that the baby lies reclined in it and then when they wiggle around it kind of bounces around um and it can be a handy extra place to put said baby when you're running out of places to put them that might stop them crying very good uh third one something for the baby to eat <laughs> yes, Dave. Important. That correct? That goes in the really need category. Really, I was worried really that you might not get that one right. I was worried that in your kind of hardcore eco Nazism uh, that we all know is such a rich vein that runs through your being that you might say no babies don't need to eat but although although as babble listener kendrick asks does it matter what they eat should you be making them eat uh vegan stuff or is that not a thing one should enforce on a kid until they're old enough to think about it what do you think about that jen for a bonus point um for one mark um it's difficult isn't it uh certainly when they're little teeny tiny babies you don't really have any choice you either have to bottle feed them or breastfeed them so i don't know that there's a vegan option there um once they're getting older and onto solid foods um i think probably the biggest thing that would stop people is not necessarily sort of imposing your views on them is like just managing a, a healthy balanced diet that your child will actually eat that incorporates certainly um you know veganism as well um i had a because I'm funnily enough, I'm not a nutritionist. So I, I did speak to a nutritionist for the book and she said, you know, you can do a vegan diet with um, young kids, but it's really bloody hard work and you will have to cook everything from scratch and you will have to be really closely monitoring them and all that sort of thing. Um, you can do, I just interviewed somebody for my podcast today about who um, is on Instagram. She's little veggies and she's vegetarian and she's bringing her kids up vegetarian and that's much easier she said that I think once her kids have got to school and are now going to school, because when kids are at home with you, they just assume that that's completely normal and this is how everybody lives. So if you're vegetarian, they wouldn't have even come across the concept of people having a McDonald's or whatever. But then obviously they go to school. And, and so her child has decided he wants to be pescatarian. Um, and she said that's you can eat whatever you want outside of the home, but I won't be cooking meat 
in the home. Um, so it's, it's difficult, isn't it? And I guess, um, I mean, we're not for full disclosure. We're not. This is this is one of my things that make me a shit environmentalist. We're not vegan or vegetarian. Um, and uh, that's all we've got time for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and but this whole thing is, you know, at what point can I continue to impose my views, my values, my ethics on my kids? You know, my eldest is now 12. At what point is he going to go? can I have a brand new blah or can I have one of these because everyone else has got these and it's you want your kids to fit in you don't want them to feel um different deprived whatever so I have I have no short answer as you've just discovered got a long one though. <laughs> yeah for one mark that was a lot wasn't it for one point yes, a well-earned a well-earned one mark and the cup is empty can't have the ball and got the ball in the cup he can't win the pocket in the pocket he can't win the can same time as on the cup if on the other hand the ball and the cup are together and the cup you're not following this are you <laughs> Right, uh, so the final bit in uh, this section of the quiz, uh, so put this in the right category, a toy shop's worth of baby toys and rattles. Sustainable. Oh, well. Yes, Jen. You don't need them. Not when they're teeny tiny, definitely. Correct. Very good. Well done, team. I thought you did very well there, Uh, especially, like, surprisingly well, Dave. Dave did embarrassingly Um, well, didn't he? We're nearly at the end of the quiz. We're nearly at the end of the quiz. I thought that was it. No, that was the end of (sighs) section three of the quiz. Um, We're nearly there. So, what's the ISBN number? (laughs) I've got one here. I could do (laughs) it. By the time they're potty trained, and I'm assuming you mean like by the age of kind of two or three, not like 37, a baby will have used how many disposable nappies? Enough. I oh, know about this. We talked about this in episode 176 yes. about nappies. And you have a freakish memory. I thought we, yeah, I thought we had uh, done we, uh, It's it's a lot more than I thought. We had a conversation about this. Oh, we talked about how I'm I'm, I'm padding here because I'm trying to remember. I, uh, I start flipping uh, through uh, the books. Um, 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 <laughs> it's more than I thought. Baby shit, more than I thought they do. This is what I discovered. I think okay. it's eight times 365. So I think it's going to be eight thousand. About that. I'm just I'm just consulting. <laughs> It's a lot. Dave's right that it is a lot. Still I was really, really there's, there's some Four excellent to six thousand disposable nappies. There you go. By the time forty six thousand. Four, no. Four thousand to six thousand. Wow. Yeah, five thousand. That is a lot. That made me feel bad. As Dave pointed out, I am a complete eco terrorist when it comes to disposable nappies, and that is the thing that makes me feel a bit. Oh. <laughs> Now, final question. True or false? So you should stand a good chance here, Dave. There is such a thing as nappy recycling. English. Yes, Jen. Yes, there is. And I wouldn't want to be that person, but there is in Wales. There isn't. There isn't. Like I know you said in your book there is, and I know you've researched it, but there isn't. There can't be a thing where people recycle soil nappies. That can't oh, be a what thing. what sort of job is that? Yeah. Uh, I know. Remember when we were talking to that Jules, or I was, episode 140, about recycling, and he was like, you should wash your recycling, not because it makes it easier to recycle, but because some poor sod has got to pick it up and use it, right? But it's supposed to have a spin yeah. on it, doesn't it? Oh. I'm hoping that they just literally dump them in a big machine and nobody, and somebody presses a button. Like, nobody's the there washing them, are they? How can you what? recycle it in a big machine? What? 
Don't know. I don't know, Dave. How do you recycle aluminium cans <laughs> in a big machine? Well, you, that's a fair point. <laughs> but this is so. This is the thing, and it's in Wales at the moment. Yeah, and some of the I think you local said they're, like, they're like recycling the the cellulose bit of it. Is that mm, right? Presumably, getting rid of the pooey bits and then harvesting the and and I, you will have to tell me. Oh, what did I say? I get they get made into <laughs> it's like bricks or something. Um, yeah, they go into construction. Yeah. You said. A house of shit. So the walls, so so our shit housing stock <laughs> is quite literally a shit housing stock. Well, they do. Aren't they doing um, somewhere? They're building a new estate and they're going to power it from the sewer um, waste. Use that to generate heat, so that you could have you know a whole shit estate. Hi, I'm Arabella, and you're listening to Sustainababble. Let's take the hypothetical situation, which is hypothetical for me, of uh, one of my friends is going to have a baby soon. And how do you talk to them about, how do you buy them your book without them going... Don't you get passive aggressive with me? Don't mm. you like? Because, and I suppose that's a subset of a question that, in general, about like how do you have conversations if if you know a parent what is all covered in feces? Yeah. How do you have conversations with them? Um, and then Babble listener Jenny says, "How do you how do you buy people eco friendly gifts?" So it's all that kind of thing. How if you are not a parent but you want to try to mm. help parents, what is your advice for how to do that in a way that doesn't make them scream at you and say you don't understand? If I'm a parent and I'm talking to other parents or it's quite easy to do that kind of, you know, show, don't tell. So um, being at toddler group or something and, you know, changing the baby's nappy and it's a reusable nappy and someone going, oh, I've been thinking about reusable nappies. Can you, you know, but I didn't even know where to start. and It feels really overwhelming. And so, oh, well, you know, this is what we do and this is how it all works. Um, I think it's very difficult when you don't have parent when you don't have parents, when you don't have kids to to then be the one saying, oh, do you think you ought to be a bit more sustainable about doing that? Because exactly as you say, they'd be like, you have no idea. I've been up 16 times in the night and all that sort of thing. Um, I mean, obviously the book would make an amazing mm. gift for anybody. Mm. Um, <laughs> you, you talk in the book um, quite a lot about just the importance of talking about this stuff generally. Like, mm. And we've, you know, that's the thing that we've talked about on the podcast when we're talking about climate in the, in the bigger sense, not just climate in relation to, to parenting, but like there, it's still a sort of taboo type thing. It, yeah. Everyone knows that it's a slightly awkward, slightly judgy yeah. conversation. And so we all shy away from it when, as Robin Webster, who was on our podcast, uh, Dave? 186. 186. Uh, she said, you know, the, 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 the first thing we've got to all do is talk about this because mm. it's the story that, is going to dominate our lives more and more and more. And, and if we're not talking about it, then we don't stand a chance. And I guess that extends to, to all of these parenting questions and grandparenting questions yeah. and and all of that, doesn't it? We just, we've got to talk about it. But it's so bloody hard, isn't it, to do? And I, you know, I can come and talk to you guys. I can go and, you know, do a, um, a Zoom presentation for someone or I can go and I'm really happy to do that. And I will bang on on my um, sustainable-ish social media profiles ad infinitum. On my personal profile, I'm really aware that people are going to be like, oh, shit, there she goes again. You know, rolling their eyes or, you know, I've had people in the playground kind of um, come up to, to give me, I don't know if there's a 
I don't know, a school jumper or something that's been left behind. Oh, I'm really sorry it's in a plastic bag. I'm like, oh my God, please don't worry mm. about it, you know. Um, so we don't want to be seen as judging people when we kind of are. We don't other people want to, we don't want other people to feel like they're being judged, which they kind of are, you know, and also it's difficult because people people don't want to be told that what they're doing is potentially damaging when all you're trying to do is get through every day and it's really hard and really tough. Um, so I think the whole, um, the best way that I've come across is that whole sharing your discoveries as you're doing them and your almost sort of genuine excitement about doing this. Um, sometimes I will do a thing as well where I will acknowledge the fact that I'm being that person. I um, Our eldest started secondary school and um, because of COVID, all their hot meals are in disposable things, which I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, I can't, I can't not say anything. I can't not say anything, but he's only just started and they're going to be black marked by my name straight away. So I literally emailed and went, I'm really sorry. I am aware that I am being that parent. I very much do not want to be that parent. I know <laughs> you're, you know, I've got 29 bajillion other things with COVID and getting the kids back to school. And thank you for getting them back to school. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But had you had any thoughts about what you might be doing with this single use plastic? You know, so you can kind of... Um, acknowledge the fact that you're being that awkward person or you know I know this might be a really uncomfortable conversation to have but actually I'm shitting my pants about this are any of you guys as well I didn't say that to headmaster like this would be on my <laughs> social media do you know um and and I think if you can the, the most the more honest you can be the more transparent you can be like one of the in my membership, um, Suze is one of the lovely knackered mums has set herself a challenge not to have Diet Coke for Lent. But she's also, alongside that, set herself the challenge to share a little eco-action every day. So it's brilliant because on Facebook, she just goes, day 17, like, you know, nearly nearly hit somebody because really wanted a Diet Coke. Oh, and by the way, I've swapped, uh, we're using reusable baby wipes or something like that. And it's a really nice, gentle way of doing it. Um, so I think there are ways to do it and we just have to... I mean, Dave, you're a lot of the worst, aren't they? The vegans oh, for yeah. having these conversations and bashing yeah, people on their head. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, and I, it, it, funny enough, that was exactly what I was thinking of. I was thinking the closest parallel that I've got to something like that is veganism, where I would like other people to make nice things that I can eat, which more of them do now. And I've never, ever, ever seen the point of being that person, that vegan who mm. goes don't use pig as an insult uh, and you know yes. everything you're doing is awful and what about the animals because you're like, for every one person you'll persuade there'll be two people who think you're a nutcase right if you eat every single fig i will never call you a pig i respect you and pigs don't use pig as an insult animals are in so but if you rocked up to a friend's house with a lovely vegan curry that you'd made or you shared on social when i just found this amazing new recipe book and by the way all the recipes are vegan but you know i can do them in 10 minutes and it's really easy and i don't have to get a massive long list of 20 billion ingredients then you might get some people go oh oh i might have a go at that very good jen thank you so much for coming on here we've wanted to get you on for a while we are big fans of yours Oh, thank you. It's been, uh, well, it's, it's been very exciting for me because I, I have probably listened to every episode. I'm, I, I can't do your Rain Man thing with the episodes. Well, that means you've listened <laughs> to more episodes than all. That's quite an achievement. Yeah. Um, tell people about your podcast, about your book, and also this thing I wrote down because I wanted to ask you about it. You mentioned it passing, the Knackered Mum Eco Club. What is that? How can people mm. get involved with that? 
So the podcast is Sustainable-ish. So just go and search that wherever you get your podcasts. And um, it's probably a bit like this, but less amusing, I would say. You've got to work you on know, your sales. You've really got to work on your sales path. Yeah. <laughs> also less know, amusing right? than this. <laughs> Yeesh. Um, and... Well, so the book is The Sustainable-ish Guide to Green Parenting. There is also a prequel to that, which is The Sustainable-ish Living Guide. Um, oh, I thought it was going to be The Sustainable-ish Guide to Shagging. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't put that bit in, actually. I sort of sidestepped that bit. In. <laughs> um, both are available wherever you buy your books. And yeah, the Knackered Mums Eco Club, I sort of, you guys must find this as well. I feel like I spend a lot of my time in an echo chamber, um, sort of within a bubble, preaching to the converted. Um, and, you know, I was sort of feeling like I, I kind of know from odd conversations having with friends, people are vaguely aware, you know, people are aware of the climate crisis now. We've all watched those David Attenboroughs and felt crap at the end and cried about it. And then, you know, you get up the next morning and you go on the school run and, and nothing changes, but you just have that mild sense of anxiety and you're not really quite sure what to do, but you don't want to be one of those green people. You don't, you know, you don't want to have to give up the car and apologies, Dave, go vegan and, you know, give up flying and all the nice things. So you kind of feel like there's nowhere for you to go in this space. You don't recognise yourself in any of those stereotypes. But actually, I sort of thought if I can have something that's for knackered mums, there will hopefully be a subset of people who go, geez, yeah, God, yeah, I'm a knackered mum. And oh, yeah, no, I am a bit worried about the planet, actually. And maybe I could... I could come and join them and find some nice, easy stuff to do. So it's it's a membership. People come. Um, I try and make it as accessible and affordable as possible. We have a monthly theme each month. We have a book club. We have, um, you know, different group calls and all that sort of thing. But the idea is that it's somewhere safe to come and be a beginner and be imperfect and whinge about the kids. But you don't have to be a mum if, you know, as long as you're happy with a bit of kid whinging. That's absolutely fine. Get enough of that on here. so that is just about it for another episode of Babel. thank you very much jen for writing your book and for coming to talk to us about it um, do please go and check it out in all the usual bookie places. Thank you very much, Dave, for babbling so magnificently and tolerating me banging on about kids again. Uh, I promise never to bang on about kids again on the podcast until <laughs> until the next time until next I bang week. on about kids <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> well, and I should have said, really, maybe I should have said this at the beginning, but obviously, you know, kids is a kind of boring topic for people who don't have kids. So... Thanks for sticking with it if you're not one of those people who has or wants or ever wants to see another child um, because, you know, it's, yeah, it's niche. We recognise that. Promise no more. Uh, right, what was I saying? Thank you to Dickie Moore. He's got kids. Another one who's got kids. Uh, thank you for Dickie, to Dickie Moore <laughs> for the music that begins. Am I still here? And, I'm just checking. I'm still here. And into Twinkles, this podcast. Thank you very much to Arthur Stovall, uh, who designed our logo. Logo? Logo. Arthur Stovall, who designed the logo, uh, which is on our T-shirts. What you can buy by going to our website, www.sustainabavel.fish. Yes, Dave? 
you can get in touch with us. Thank you. You can tell us what you thought of the show. You can drop us an email to hello at sustainababble.fish. You can find us on the Facebook, just search for Sustainababble or tweet us at the Babble Wagon. And as we said at the start, do please chuck us a couple of quid if you can spare it to help support the running costs of your Babble, what you love so much, and your poor Dave and all, what will otherwise be uh, all sad. And you wouldn't want to see us all sad, would you? No wubblywubblywubbly.patreon.com slash sustainababble and tell a friend about the babble and bloody well give us a review on your podcast medium of choice yes very good right I'm off to go and retrain as a soiled nappy recycler good I'm off to have a nice quiet evening maybe listen to some music go to bed feeling not too tired wake up at a time of my choosing and have a day when I can pretty much do whatever I want right very good bye bye